Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and right next to me, I've got Drizzy Drake Silva at tally underscore underscore Drake on Twitter. But most importantly, we're, we've got for you today's episode of Locked on Seminoles. We come to you five days a week. That's almost every single day, except the days that we all sleep in. Today, we've got a great episode for you. Florida State announced a new director of recruiting operations today. We're going to talk about that higher. We're also going to give a little shout out to the accomplished women's sports teams of Florida State before diving directly into practice updates, practice news, and rounding it out with a couple guys by the names of Jay Sean Corbin and Jermaine Johnson, who may have made themselves a decent amount of money this past weekend at the NFL Combine. Drake, let's not hold up these people any longer. Roll that video and let's dive in. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, man. It is good to see you. Listeners, it is good to see you. If y'all are on YouTube, make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe. We are over 800 now. It's uh, it's a bit unbelievable, but we get to do what we do five days a week because y'all do what you do and tune in five days a week. I appreciate you making us your first listen. I know I always do. Drake, I don't know if you're that narcissistic, but my, I do two things every morning. Listen to Locked on Seminoles, and then I like to start my day with a funny video. Right before my 9 a.m. daily meeting, I always watch something a little funny, you know, get a little chuckle going. Yeah, when I hear myself, you know, talking too fast and slowing myself down and tripping up over a word, I kind of don't want to listen to myself do that again after I've edited that for like an hour. So, yeah, it's hey, weird, man. man. After you see, it's kind of like how, you know, with the, when you know how the meat is made, you kind of don't want to do that like over and over again. So, I mean, you know, more power to sausage, you mean? Yeah, the sausages. Sausage, sausage yeah. meat, you know, depends on. I don't, I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I think that, uh, well, I don't know. We don't have to go down this road, but the road we're going to go down is Florida State announced a hire on the recruiting front. One thing we've talked about about this team is the lack of, should we say, razzle-dazzle, the lack of splash, I guess, in the coaching department this this offseason. I mean, every coach that was hired was an internal promotion other than, uh, I mean, I guess even Randy Shannon because he came over last season as an analyst. Um and then, you know, it was like, well, shouldn't they have done something? But they've made some moves off the field. And this is another off the field staffer in Maddie McCormick, graduate of Arizona, Uni- University of Arizona. I don't know how they do it out there. Uh, the, the alma mater of one Jimmy Tatro. That's kind of all I know about it. Um, then she went to Liberty for grad school, and she is now the director of recruiting operations at Florida State University. And what a perfect day to announce this hire. Today, as we're recording, Yesterday, as you're listening to this, it is uh, International Women's Day, I believe, or I don't know exactly what the title of the holiday is. But, um, you know, it's it's interesting to see women getting more involved in football, because, as you all know, if you listen to this, I've got a four and a half year old daughter and um, she's got an intensity about her. So to think that, you know, she could fulfill her dream of working in football or coaching or something like that, if that's what she wanted to do is 
pretty cool. I mean, we have now, what did we say, Drake? We looked it up, 12 coaches in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, 12 women. coaches right now in the NFL. I think three of them, three of those actually positions were filled actually with, you know, playoff teams such as the Chiefs. I know Lori Locust with the Buccaneers as well. And also I think with the Bills, her name escaped me, but it is kind of cool that like you see now that the doors are opening a lot more for these women to actually pursue, a, you know, their career actually in athletics when it comes to the coaching side of things as well. Yeah, I mean, I look, I look at it this way, right? Like, what's the difference between a woman and Kenny Dillingham? I mean, Kenny Dillingham, I don't even know if he played high school football. I think he, like, was coaching the JV team as a senior. Um, it, like, he's he is a case study that you do not have to play football at the highest level to coach it. I mean, like we talked about before coming on here, like, I don't know. You just, it's, it's the access to information nowadays. Like there's not really a barrier to entry of like, if you're not on the field from five years old, you're not going to learn the game. If you want to learn it, you can learn it. International women's day month. Um, you know, it's both like today's the day, but it's, it's also the month. And I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out our illustrious women's sports. Our soccer team is incredible. What have they played for two national titles in a row? Won one of them, our softball team, I guess won a title three years ago. They got there last year, which if you watch the game, I don't want to linger on, on a softball game from over a year, like a year ago too much, but maybe I have a quitter's attitude. Like I have no DNA in me of a coach where it's like, you just do certain things because it's the right way to do it. Like I am, like I would, I'm very much Jonah Hill from Moneyball. Like to me, I'm about if, if math, or some kind of data tells me it's a good move. I don't really care what people think. Why did they let that girl from Oklahoma go yard on them like four times? Just walk her, even if the bases were loaded. That's an even, to me, if the bases are loaded and you've got the all-time softball home run leader by like a factor of two at the plate, that's even more of a reason to give them the free run. Don't risk a grand slam, but we try that's to That's where to like... I'm one of those people, like I played baseball all my life, but I do think sabermetrics plays a huge factor in the game, especially with data. But it's really hard for me to walk someone like that if your name is not Barry Bonds. But she was super automatic at the plate. I don't know who was back behind her. If you have someone almost not as dangerous, but still dangerous at the plate, I still would pitch to her, in my personal opinion. No, but she was this. I forget her name because you know, I can't. No, I know. I know. You're talking about prolific. Yeah, she was like amazing. But I, if the thing is though, if you haven't. A, still a dangerous hitter afterwards, I would much rather take my chance to maybe somehow may, I would also just pitch around her, maybe make her chase something if she can. Like, like it was so kind of, you know, not do the intentional walking, just the intentional walk. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm very risk averse, but you're probably right. And Hey, shout out to major league baseball. They're finally listening to me. I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but they finally did what I wanted. Not start the season, but they're getting rid of the obnoxious shifts. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm interested to see if like my hunch was right, that that'll have a positive impact on the game. Um, I think it will, but we will see. So let's talk about practice. We are in the middle of spring practice. And I know it's what y'all, what y'all want to talk about practice. We're talking about practice. That's right. We are. But first I'm going to talk about built bar because y'all know that if you're going to practice, well, you gotta be full. But you can't be full on just anything. You're not going to perform well if you're on a Kit Kat bar, even though if you've got one, break me off a piece. They are delicious. But you also want something that's nutritious. And Built Bar's got both of those things covered for you. You don't have to sacrifice something that tastes, you don't have to sacrifice good taste for performance. And that is something so rare in today's world. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get yourself a 15 
20% discount on your order, get a box of Built Bars and make sure that you are ready to perform your best day or night in the gym, out of it, wherever you may need Built Bar, it's got your back. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. And when you're full on protein, 15 grams, 17 grams of protein, five grams of sugar, five or four, depending on the bar, net carbs, well, then it's time to make your best possible decisions. And guys, we all know that it's March Madness. And y'all know I love me some March Madness. I can't remember the last time that, you know, I actually won a bracket or anything like that. So this year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge my bets a little. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Stat Hero because they have the pick them contest where you get pitted against, you get to pit star players against each other in this really cool daily fantasy hybrid thing during March Madness. And that gives you some control back from the handicappers who are always going to beat you with the lines. So start focusing on the players you know best with gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or all those goofy props we see during March Madness. Stat here gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Well, because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through and take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players that you choose. Again, cool little hybrid of daily fantasy. So go to stathero.com. Their sleek, simple gameplay will have you playing in minutes, and you will see what daily fantasy was meant to be. And we are back from our league required water break. We got to stay hydrated out here, folks. It is not a game for the faint of heart. And if you try to do this without the proper tools, without the built bar, without the water, and without the ever delicious Mountain Dew, well, it's going to be tough out there. But thanks again for coming back, folks. We love that you make us your first listen every single day and we love coming through your car speakers your computer speakers or wherever you may be just make sure you subscribe and let's talk about some practice so i'm looking through some notes here that we've got um and i'm trying to find some of the surprises i hmm oh i think i want to start with johnny wilson because we've kind of had this debate with johnny wilson where not with him i don't i don't know him personally but about him of does he move over to the tight end spot? Does he say at receiver? And I think when you see six foot seven, remember Johnny Wilson is the transfer that we got from Arizona State this spring, six foot seven, 225 pounds, you immediately think outside, right? It's like, you, go, you know, that guy's going to be on the outside. He's a jump ball candidate, all that. But then you start to think about it. And it's like, could he? kind of have a Magic Johnson-esque role in the sense that Magic was a six-foot-nine point guard and people were like, well, he's got to be able to shoot. He's got to be able to ball handle. And people are like, well, yeah. But when you're six-nine, think about the passing lanes you're opening and think about what you can do to feed other guys the ball down low. And that's how you kind of got the Magic at Kareem. Not saying he's going to be the Magic Johnson of college football. I'm just saying it's like a unique way to use him if they're sending him over the middle a lot. And that's that's a tough guy for... You know, it's like he's going to have the speed to beat a linebacker, and then he's going to have the height to beat the cornerbacks and the safeties, and that could be a really dangerous weapon up the seam. Yeah, I think it's very helpful, and I think you're kind of seeing potentially maybe, just maybe your wide receiver tour locked in on day two of spring practice. And, I mean, he has all the physical tools there. And then I remember we we discussed on here how, you know, we'll see whether or not, you know, if who our other tight ends are besides Cameron McDonald. Maybe just 
by look by where you where you place Johnny Wilson as offense, he might be your tight end too. So maybe he might be out there, or maybe even tight end wants us to spell McCann McDonald to over those you know those mill seam routes. Maybe you know go a little more out on the inside of the slot. Maybe run a slant route too because he's got the big frame for that. Not only that, he's also really damn fast. So it's something that we haven't had a wide receiver be able to have that kind of speed with that sort of I guess differentiation and variety in their route tree in a very long time. So it's like something that I'm definitely excited to see. Maybe. Probably the last one we had was Travis Rudolph, but Travis Rudolph, I think, was like, what, 5'10"? Yeah, 5'10", but he was not a big guy. If you go back and look at our episode where we talk about Johnny Wilson, another thing we highlighted was his pass blocking rating. I mean, he was one of the top five receivers last year, according to Pro Football Focus and pass blocking. Now, he didn't take the most snaps, and there might be guys who are better at it, but for a guy that lanky, like you're talking 6'7", that's, that's, I mean, he's not a super built guy showing he's willing to get his hands dirty and he's willing to, you know, go block down on cornerbacks, come across the linebackers. That's also a good sign. It shows he probably has a little bit of that mean streak that frankly you need to take a shot over the middle. Um, when you know that a linebacker is just going to lay you out, but you need 15, you know, seven, 15 yards, whatever it is. Um, Drake, let me ask you this. Do you, do you put a ton of stake this early on, in the offense versus defense arguments like do you have a strong position no. in this where you feel like one is a typically ahead of the other and they have to catch up kind of deal or oh um probably defense is like to me is always going to be ahead, ahead of the curve because like kind of you already know what you're going to be getting with the defense and offense you're probably going to experiment a lot more especially acclimating with chemistry because jordan travis hasn't thrown any balls to any of these new kids at all since they've been here right and we're already at day two and on defense we already have our defense already entrenched in there. They already know the playbook to what's going to be called. So they're always going to be ahead. Now, it will be more concerning to me if our offense was just, you know, lighting up the defense like, oh, okay, so we're this early in the practice and our defense already absolutely getting torched. Then I would be yeah. concerned. But like to me, your defense typically has like, like a step forward for that. Yeah, I think it's typically a bit of a J curve, right? So I think, or I guess, yeah, kind of a J curve. We're like, the offense should, in my opinion, initially jump ahead of the defense because they get to call the plays. But mm -hmm. to your point, yeah, they probably, what, first week, how many plays does the entire offense know? You're putting guys in and out. So once the defense figures out, like, the six plays the offense knows, I think they have an advantage. And then the offense learns the playbook. They get their schemes down. But what's interesting about a Norvell practice from all the notes we're seeing is that I think he intentionally tries to mitigate those sort of effects. And he doesn't do a ton of 11 on 11 live football. And when he does from the videos we've seen, the people I've talked to around the program, I, I don't know if your sources tell you the same thing. Does a lot of situational stuff likes to keep them moving. Like you, it sounds like you pretty much never, at least in the spring. I know we heard this last year is going to do, you know, 11 on 11 ball starts at the 20. Let's try to go 80 yards. Like there's always kind of a, a flavor to it. It's always keeping people moving. So that's, you know, I don't I know. Mean, I mean, in spring, you kind of want, you know, like I'm not expecting you to start off, you know, from the 20 run 80 yards. It's the first it's the first week of spring practice. I'd yeah. much rather, you, you know, you be out there. Hey, Jordan, maybe establish, you know, a connection with Micah Pittman or Winston Wright or Johnny Wilson, kids that we want to see you passing the ball to. Hey, Corey Wren, you're finally healthy. And now I can see actually you running, you know, great, better routes and probably have not losing your step after your injury or. Keyshawn Helton, we saw we all saw the video shared on Twitter where the the route looks a lot better and also a lot more confident. And to me, that's that's some of the thing that is a lot more important to me than saying, hey, let's put everyone out there. I think Lloyd Wills, I think, was in the first team on the first day of practice. And 
all of, I don't think any of us named him as someone that could potentially be starting, but that's where that's this, like, this is the time where I want you to experiment and see, Hey, maybe these kids that we're bringing along for year one, year two, and now into year three, they actually can finally give us some sort of like tangible, tangible outcome, actually be performing well with the team heading into 2022. Yeah. And I mean, like I said the other day, time, Age does not always correlate to production or success, but time together, it does shorten your ramp up period, right? If you're trying to install a new offense with a new coach, oh, and by the way, you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Oh, and by the way, your average receiver is a sophomore or younger. It's going to take a while, right? You have a year now where this is Jordan Travis's fourth year at Florida State. It's his third year under Mike Norvell. Second, if you look at you know COVID, there wasn't a spring practice. They know each other now. They know how to talk to each other. They know what the other's capable of. They probably are think similarly. You have four new receivers, but you also have a lot of receivers that aren't new that can show those guys how to do it. That was a super crisp route we saw by Keyshawn there. Um, and all I could think about when I saw him run that route on Twitter, not the most impressive thing. I mean, it's a you know, it's a five-yard dig where he comes in. He, I think what he does really well is he does, I forget what we called the route, but basically where it's kind of an in the, a slant than out, right? Um, he doesn't turn his back to the quarterback at all. And he keeps his momentum going. He also forces uh, Travis Jay to take the inside cut seriously, um, kind of freezing him there in man coverage. So if you're in man coverage, that's going to be, you know, three to five yards all day. And sometimes it's all you need. Do that on first down. You're setting up a great second down. Um, and all I could think about was like, that's what we talked about in the episode where we really delved into the depth chart and talked about Keyshawn. It's like, that's who Keyshawn Helton, in my opinion, should be. And now I know we also saw a video of him catching, um, you know, running deep down the field while Ontario Wilson's catching a, a deep route on the outside and stuff like that. But like, I'm really excited to see when Keyshawn gets to be the number two and he's not, we're not making him at his size, go be the deep threat. And we're letting him just really carve up the edges in the middle of the field, how he's going to perform this year. Like he, he, to, to me next to Josh Burrell is the most exciting question mark on the offense of like, can he, is he going to take on a new role with more guys around him that can be that big, you know, number one receiver, that X receiver. So he doesn't have to do that. And he can just really focus on his skill set. So yeah, I'm, right, I, I'm excited I, for that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've always been saying that Keyshawn Helen is the perfect wide receiver three. That's someone that you definitely want as your. Yeah. I don't want him to be my number one guy, my go-to guy, but I could definitely, you know, I would grab him in a heartbeat as a wide receiver three for any team out there right now because he does the little things so well. And now that you see with the route, the way he commits to that spin, you probably wouldn't have seen that even in the beginning of last year where he was still kind of trying to get the confidence back with his knee. So to me, that's something that, it's really good to see a kid that we know works super hard. I think he was one of the first kids to get the black jersey during tour duty, which exemplifies, you know, never giving up on a rep, also keeping everything, you know, 100 in and outside the classroom, on and off the field too as well. So that's something that is really good to see a kid that come from the knee injury that he had to now where he is unquestionably a leader of this team, and he may not even start on this with these wideouts that are coming in. Yeah, and last thing I'll say before we move on and talk about our NFL guys is uh... – Look, we're so spoiled by modern medicine. I mean, what they can do with arthroscopic knee surgery is nuts. But not every injury is a one-year injury. I mean, look at Jay Sean Corbin. That was, and we're going to talk about him in our next segment. That was a different dude after he had a full year to recover, a playing recovery, right? He didn't sit out for two years. 
but he sat out for a year at Texas A&M with a torn hamstring. Then he performed pretty well at Florida State. But in last year, that Notre Dame game, and then for the rest of the season, we saw like, okay, this guy's back. Jay Sean Corbin now has fifth year again. We knew he had one through three. We weren't sure if he could go to four and five and get to that cruising speed. And then we saw it come back. So, you know, there's no reason that Keyshawn can't physically improve this year coming off an injury. And, and we don't have to assume that the end of last year is the most recovered he's ever going to be because he's still got six months till five months till the season starts. Sorry to remind y'all, but five and a half months to keep rehabbing, to keep working that knee out, to get faster, to get stronger. And I'm excited to see what he does in the new role. But um, again, still excited for Burrell. I think that's, that's going to be another wild card. Now, folks, if you think you know a wild card for the tournament, well, then you got to be putting in as many pools as you can. I'm sure you've got brackets on sites galore, left, right, whatever, ESPN, Yahoo, all those, all those good sites. But I'm saying, why don't you try to diversify your portfolio this year? Try something a little different and go to runyourpool.com. Not only does Run Your Pool give you that white glove service to help take some of the madness off of your plate so you can focus on the magic while you play against your friends, your employees, your coworkers, whoever. They also let you compete against the Locked On Network. So if you go to Run Your Pool, so Run Your Pool, you know, like your parents said, never run by the pool. Well, go to runyourpool.com slash locked on and enter code pure madness at checkout. You get $10 off your custom pool and you can also play in the locked on network pool competing for a cash prize against people like me, Drake, Dave, Holly, Stacy, the whole network will be there. So go to lock, go to runyourpool.com slash locked on. And when you're done doing that, well, guys, the fun is just beginning because you've now gotten a built bar. You've now used stat here to set some daily fantasy lineups. You have now gone to runyourpool.com and you're playing against me, Drake, Dave, Stacy, Holly, et cetera, on the Locked On Network. And it's time to take care of that nagging thing. It's been rattling around in your car that you've been putting off, putting off until you did all these things. What are you guys going to do? You going to go down to the, the local parts store? Well, I don't know if you heard, there's a supply chain issue. They don't have the part. You got to go to another one. They don't have it. You got to go to another one. It sounds like a nightmare and you know what's going to happen you're going to give up you're going to go to the dealership they're going to charge you an arm and a leg and then they're going to charge you for parts right and it's just going to be a nightmare so don't waste those trips go to rockauto.com now they have extremely fast shipping from their wide selection but it still takes like two or three days to get there so you can put that off just a little bit longer while you're saying oh the parts on the way so go to rockauto.com. It's a family business run online. They've got the selection of a big box retailer or dealership with the prices that you've come to expect from rockauto.com. So again, rockauto.com and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So that way they know that Max and Dave and Drake and everyone else sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com but it's the witching hour we're 26 minutes into our tuesdays we're recording this wednesday as our folks are listening to this thank you again for making us your first listen if you're pulling up to work because we know the average commute in america is 23 minutes flip over to youtube catch the last segment there if you're on youtube and you got to take a little break and you want to go for a lap around the office or walk outside 
throw in the headphones and grab the podcast. Either way works. Locked on Seminoles, we got every method of delivery you could possibly want. And speaking of every method of delivery, what did our boys show that they could deliver to NFL teams at the combines this week? The combine, there's only one. The combine this weekend, Driz. Well, Jermaine Johnson just made have a lot of money. Jermaine Johnson was probably heading into the weekend, definitely a first-round pick, but probably more towards the back end, maybe the last 10 picks. I think the Bucks were mocked to him a lot. After the combine on Saturday, he, uh, he now is a potential top 10, top 15 pick after running what a lot of people thought I would thought was going to run around a 4.7. Most mocks had the same thing. My man had a blazing speed of a 4.58. And not only that, his 10-yard split is 1.55, which, folks, if you don't know, that means the initial quickness is probably in the 99th percentile for defensive ends. And that's something that is simply outrageous for someone that who not only worked out that well, but also worked out with the linebackers, showed off his versatility actually on the field. And quite honestly, that's someone that you're definitely going to see probably go to the Ravens around pick number 13 because he most likely made himself the number two Defensive end in the draft, probably behind Aiden Hudson. He probably had a much better day than Kayvon Thibodeau over Oregon. If you divide it into 80, which is what they tell you to do, to convert a 40 time into miles per hour, that is Jermaine Johnson at 200. And was he, what do you weigh at? 250 something, 260 something? I think 258, I think is what he weighed in. That. That's the number I had in my head. We'll go with that. 258 pounds, moving at 17 and a half miles an hour. That's for the entirety of the dash, right? They start from zero. It's not a running start. His average speed during that was 17 and a half miles an hour for 40 yards. That's mind-blowing. That, like, that's a lot of mass moving really fast for a pretty significant amount of time. Like, you're not – how many people do you think, Drake, listening to this podcast could get away from him if they had to? Maybe – maybe – Five, maybe five if the track team for FSU is listening to this right now, probably just them. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's nuts. Like that's it that's insane. a different level of speed. Now, what do you make about the why the linebacker workout? Because a I, at first I thought it was kind of humorous. That was like, yeah, they're going to make him run with the linebacker so he doesn't like embarrass the other DNs. But do you? I mean, have you heard anything like are some scouts looking at him as hey maybe he drops thirty pat not thirty but twenty get him down to 235 and maybe he's a linebacker or it was that purely just uh, for the 40 time thing? I think it's purely for the 40 time. Cause I, I legitimately think that it it's going to look like a massive outlier. If you have a defense, I mean, we had, there was one defensive end, I think for Virginia tech, he ran a four, three, eight at like six foot six, like two, I think 40, which by that is absurd. But like if most sure. of the times for the defensive lineman, cause also you're running with defensive tackles. So we saw Jordan Davis mm-hmm. run a four, seven, eight, as literally Thanos ran down the line, I think the Avengers gave him a phone call. Thanos. But like most of them were in the four nines and like the like the lower five. So it's like with Jermaine Johnson, like why don't you run with linebackers? Because also it could show that you have the speed to kind of be a linebacker if you really want to. But it kind of also highlights how quick he is off the, with the first ten yards, and also how great he is probably dropping back also in coverage too as well. So that's something that probably it fits more, it fits better actually with that sort of thing right there. Yeah, I I guess for me he's in a position there to me there's two reasons you'd work out with a different position group one 
because you kind of need to throw, I don't want to say a Hail Mary, but you, you know, you're in a position where you're like, I really need to do something, you know, unique. Like I need to, I need to differentiate myself in a way that maybe my tape doesn't or two, like for me, Jermaine Johnson, he's got what, what do you have 10, 12 sacks this year? Like the tape speaks for itself. Yeah. So why not go through some workouts and you show, Hey, not only can I sack the sack, the passer, I can also go out and coverage on the flat and do things because we're seeing the evolution in the NFL of this positionless football. And I think more and more players are expected to be able to play seven or eight positions effectively. You know, you look, you can't play defensive in these days if you can't cover because the screen pass is such a part of the game. You have to be able to diagnose it, follow a running back out while simultaneously maintaining the edge. And they're asked to do a lot. Seven or eight positions is a lot, but you get what I'm saying. Like the front seven's kind of merging into this. Just, you just sort of, what play you front seven? Yeah, what you want from the prospect like of a Jermaine Johnson caliber is not that only can play it effectively, is that he looks natural out in space. That's why you see a Jeffrey Simmons with the Titans or a Montez Sweat with the Washington, that they're naturally, they look good laterally going from the middle or the edge to the flat to catch the screen past the wide receiver. And like, because when they know that in an instant, and that's something that Jermaine was able to show with that speed, with that quickness, his lateral movement. He also had, I think, a 32 inch, I think, vertical, I think a 12 foot broad jump too, as well. And that just shows how athletically gifted he is but also how nimble and agile he is yeah no definitely man and you know i I, the other the other kind of story was jay sean corbin not running the 40 i i don't take a ton from that um you've got like it's kind of what i just said about jermaine you want to see him run a 40 just go watch his tape i mean you, you know he's got that breakaway speed i think you have guys like him i don't know what his open field speed is but i would imagine he started doing the track coaching because it's just a different kind of sprint. I mean, like I was watching a video because I was just curious, like, you know, what are these guys learning? And, you know, they spent like five minutes just on how to shift your weight from your hand and your takeoff to, you know, you're trying to save off, you're trying to mm-hmm. shave off hundredths of a second because a four, four, nine is way more impressive than a four, five, three. I mean, you're talking milliseconds, right? Yeah. And so not, I think if, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And not only that, it's like, I'll ask you a question real quick. You should give me yes or no. Do you think sure. Jason Corbin is faster than the running back we saw for Notre Dame, Kyron Williams? I don't know if I'd say substantially faster, but definitely not slower. Definitely not slower. It's like around the same. So I'd, say, I'd say yes. I mean, yeah, so I, I think he's I, equivalent I, speed. I asked that because the forward time for me for running backs is kind of useless. Same with wide receivers, primarily because it comes a bit down to what you were just pointing out. Who has the best form starting off the running straight, right? Yeah, take yeah. one Thornton who ran a 4-2-3. His first 10 yards was would probably make every track coach have a, like a stroke for the, how bad the form was, right? So if you had proper form with that, he would have ran a lower than 4-2. So to me, if you don't run a 40 like Jason Corbin did, that leads me to believe that you don't have the form down, and I would much rather bank on my pro day with a 40 than have a really, really crappy 40 that's going to linger in their minds for two months. Yeah, I, I think I think Jay Sean was there for one reason, one reason only. He's got the tape, and what would you say? interviews exactly it's how's the hamstring feeling were you feeling better this year than you were last year man you got you know you didn't have the best offensive line there like hey you know how's the durability holding up those kinds of things he was there to let a doctor to let team doctors look at him and then to answer questions about it and I think that was it and I think he probably did his job and um you know look I'm just looking through last year's picks right you look at the first round and you know unfortunately no disrespect to the illustrious you know look I Y'all know I'm a big fan, right? Like, I got my Dalvin Cook card right here. Uh, Devontae Freeman, 
awesome to watch. Warwick Dunn, still one of my favorite pro players ever to watch, but from a, what I talked about earlier, a statistical dollars and cents perspective, we're seeing more and more, you really shouldn't be paying your running backs that high or that much, and you really shouldn't be drafting them that high. So, you look, I I think Jay Sean's probably what third, fourth round guy, maybe fifth. And I I'll give him fourth or fifth. Fourth or fifth. And and I think some team is going to get a very nice running back. And I think Jermaine is going to make 20, 25 million dollars over the next five years. And I think I think Jay Sean's more of a guy where he'll make he'll make a couple bucks. Don't get me wrong, but he's probably going to be a second contract guy. And if he can stay healthy, if he can stay durable, I I think I think, like I said a team is going to get a very nice piece in him. So regardless, we wish them the best of luck at the NFL draft folks. Spring practice is going. It is popping. It is clicking. They are getting ready to go full pads. They've been on the shells. They've been in the shorts and we are excited to bring you coverage every single day of the week, Monday through Friday. We drop the YouTube at 7 a.m. The podcast though comes out at midnight for you late night, Jim rats and uh, you know, Danny. You know who you are, my man. So thanks again for being here, folks. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. I'm Max at MaxMoody17 on Twitter. That is my better half, Drake, at Tally underscore underscore Drake on Twitter. And this was Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. An Elden Ring game of the year, the millennium, the century, decade. Based in Ohio, it says, apparently. I said the Jess and she thought it was really mean. <laughs> it's just from Ohio. <laughs>